Yeah, yeah. J Street vibes in the building. Kenny Caraway on the mic. Got my man Jay Jones in the building. Jason, what's good, bro? Uh, nothing much. I'm just hanging out, you know, doing what I do. Uh, which ain't, which ain't a whole lot of nothing these days, but you know. I'm hey. about to say, man, how's, I mean, we, we, we good on the quarantine? We good? We, we masking up? You know what I'm saying? I see you got that putrid Dodgers mask that you, you broke out, uh, earlier in the, uh, quarantine period. Did you burn that yet? No. Why would I do that? Why would I burn greatness? I will not burn that. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> what? Greatness? I don't wear Halloween colors. I'm sorry. I don't wear <laughs> Halloween colors in the summer. Excuse me. You know, I mean, I, I, I won't apologize for that. I will not apologize for not wearing Halloween colors or Oregon State colors in the summertime. I just won't do it. You know, you know, the only good thing about this proposed 60 game schedule in baseball is that if the Dodgers finally fulfill what they've been running away from for the past decade and win a World Series. You mean oh, cheated out be, of? There's going to be the I mean, biggest asterisk. It's going to be the biggest asterisk on this one. No. Cheated out 20, of. No. Curse 2017. Up. No. 2017 has a bigger asterisk. They cheated. Hey, well, hey what was that What was that tweet that I, I sent to you uh, a couple weeks, about a week ago? About two minutes and 30 seconds of postseason Kershaw home runs. Are you kidding me? They filled up the entire time that Twitter allows for a tweet with just postseason Kershaw home runs. That was amazing. I couldn't believe I was watching that. And I reported you for that. <laughs> that that's that's like, that's, there's, that's, that's, that's bullying, that's abuse. No one asked to see that. <laughs> no one asked to see that, so I, that I don't was, need. That was crazy. I don't need. And I, I don't need. I that think negativity. they took a couple out. To be honest with you, like I think they like sped it up to get. I matter of fact, the guy who made that tweet after I uh, a quote jerk. tweeted it, he it's said he said he took out like three or four to get it in in the time period. You know That's crazy. He's got too much time on his hands. I'm gonna need him to do something more <laughs> constructive with his time because no one asked him to do that. You know what? Like I said, you know how traumatic you know, you know how traumatic last fall was for me against the Nationals, bro. That was unreal. I, it, they have so many blown postseason situations. I don't know which one was crazy because I thought the Mets one was crazy with Daniel Murphy, you had Granky and Kershaw, and you weren't able to get that done. I thought that was crazy. And then obviously the Astros one, you had Game Seven at the crib, and then the Nationals one. I mean, Kershaw was dealing. And he really just gonna give up back to back home runs like that, and then the Howie Kendrick joint. I mean, I don't know. You Kershaw tell me, Jason. Have, you tell Kershaw me which was the most the devastating game. one. Uh, you would have yanked him after the first one, right? Yeah, I would have just got him out right away. Just for he me, he almost didn't have any time. It was first pitch, first pitch to. Uh, I would, I would have taken name? him out. I don't care. I would have taken him. Uh, Maeda should have been in the game anyway. Whew. That was, but what was to me what was the, the worst the one. Most, we will get to the most. Games, but what was the, the worst most one? Pa- most painful one was 2017 game five. He had a four run lead and he blew it twice. But we now know that they blew the lead because they were cheated. But still, that one hurt more than anything. I was like, you're up. We gave you got spotted four runs twice. You win game five. You probably you, you know you definitely win you, the series. Yeah, you're coming back to the, you're coming back home. Yeah. And I'm like, that, oh, this that is- was an amazing game. I know, obviously, you were in it, so it was different. But that was an amazing game to watch. Like that, that game, game was one <laughs> one of the best games I've seen in the last twenty years. That was that a great game. Game sucked. Suck. You know what I watched today? I don't know how I got here on YouTube, but today I watched um, the eighth inning, two thousand three Chicago Cubs, the Bartman inning, and that was watching it again. You could just feel it. Like it was wow. 
That that was that's a moment in sports history right there. Oh, you knew it was over. You knew it was over. You're like, oh yeah, they're gonna lose now. They were literally like, I think uh, Pryor was he gave up a hit or something to Juan Pierre, but he was dealing right. Had Castillo one two. Castillo couldn't get nothing going, and then the Bartman play happens and everything falls apart. Every it was crazy to see. Shout out to Derek Lee who had a big uh, game tying double there. Sacramento's own Derek Lee. Shout out to that man. Had a, had a big hit in that eighth inning, but this isn't the baseball tonight podcast. So I will say, yeah, that. we talk yeah, about yeah. everything, but this is not the baseball tonight podcast. So I, I'm not Buster Olney. He's not Tim Kerchick. All right, so you know, people came here for them J Street vibes, Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to right give the now, people what they want. Man. Right now, J Street has been relocated to Disney World. And you know what? I will say this: I saw Bogey's picture. I don't know if you saw it. And I, I don't know why this surprised me. I, the jokes were all good, but it's not like when the people said they were staying at the Yacht Club that they were going to be staying at the EZ8 Motel, like the letter E, letter Z8 Motel. Yacht Club looks pretty damn nice. Like, that looks pretty, pretty luxurious. All right. So, you mean they're not at the Snooty Fox? <laughs> <laughs> There was uh there was doubt on whether or not they were gonna stay at the same place that Prince Akeem stayed when he came to Queens uh when he got to Orlando. I guess they saved that for the WNBA players. I, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. That was uncalled for by me. Why are they doing that today? They need to get them up out of there ASAP, bro. They got mousetraps in that WNBA uh Man, hotels. I was like, please tell me that ain't real. I'm like, please tell me this is not real. I'm like, please tell me this is not real. I'm like, and then the prison they food not, they had for him the next night. Come on, like I'm like, please don't tell me they're staying. You know, they're staying at you know Motel Eight. You know, they gotta. <laughs> <laughs> that was don't, crazy, don't, man. Don't, I'm like, don't do them like that. Please don't do them like that. But hey, hopefully they got him up out of there, man. Hopefully that was just the. I don't. I don't know how they going like. Maybe they could say that was the quarantine place or whatever, and then they're getting them somewhere else. But that would kind of defeat the purpose. Let's just get them, you know, in whatever good Marriott's they need to be in or whatever. Because that, when I saw the mousetrap, I was done. I was done. I said, come on, man. <laughs> what are we yeah. doing out here? Uh, yeah, but it's, they make them fly commercial. And yeah, the, yeah, this is, but I was like, come on, y'all. That ain't even like a new washer and dryer. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, but some of, these food, some of these food pictures have been hilarious. You know, then my boy Bro. Garrett Temple hit me. He, he tweeted me the menu for today for the players. The menu didn't look half bad. I'm about to say they spoke. So that's the whole whole deal that I'm hearing about it, right? Is like, because they're quarantined, they're going to get like, I wouldn't even say the bare minimum, but they're just going to get, you know, a certain meal, right? Like a certain, off a certain list. And the way it's been explained is uh, after they get off of quarantine, then they'll have the full gourmet you know, options after that. But yeah, it, people, people was really, Troy Daniels got it, got the ball rolling the other night with that. Oh yeah. With the nice, you know, the nice little, you know, thing of watermelon it appeared to be <laughs> in the bag of chips. So it's like, yeah, that, that looks like he went downstairs to the, uh, <laughs> to the lobby of the courtyard and just like, put this on my room real quick. Right. Got the uh, sandwich that's in plastic wrap, the, the cold cut that's in plastic wrap. Yeah, but yeah, the Kings are there. They're they're there, even though if if you read, depending on who you read, they don't exist. But they're there. I mean, I checked. <laughs> they actually went down there. <laughs> don't, don't get me started on the ringer. 
Don't get me started on the ring. They at, at this point, they just they're they're standing, they're dying on this hill. They're kings trolling. Exist. They're trolling. They're never going to mention the kings again, unless the kings. I mean, <laughs> they're just not going to do it because they see how up in arms the fans got. So you're like, you know what? We're just going to pretend like there's only five other teams from the West. Try, you know, you know that there's there are no kings. You know, and then if the kings don't take care of business, they'll be like, see, we told you so. We shouldn't have mentioned them. Yeah, it's. It's not anything that I get upset about as a Kings fan, um, but I do look at it as like, it's, it's a certain level of professionalism. Now, if you want me to take you seriously, Ringer, you know what I'm saying, as a serious publication, I, I mean, come on now. You can't you can't mention them now for the week straight. <laughs> You're not even going to mention the Kings. What are we doing here? What are we doing? I, yeah, yeah, but yeah, but it's, it's it's especially nationally, it's completely acceptable to dismiss the Kings, make fun of the Kings, and ignore the Kings because since 2006, outside of you know Demarcus Cousins, really no one's cared about the Kings. No, they've I just mean, been getting these jokes off. That's the only thing they're worried about. And the Kings have off. given them plenty of material. I mean, it must they must have. They, they I have. mean, they've given them some material to to work with, but. Yeah, so they got a chance to do something about it. And, you know, De'Aaron said that he felt disrespected. You know, Luke is Luke. Luke is like, I don't care. But Luke also gets it, too. Luke is like, hey, we ain't won nothing. Nobody care about yeah. us. And that, and that's where you can't get upset, in my opinion. I'm just looking at it like if you want to change people's opinions of you and you want to change the narrative around you and the coverage around you, you got to win basketball games. It's as simple as that. You know what I'm saying? You can't just people to look at you like a charity case and be like, oh, the poor Kings. Let's talk nice about them. Let's stop the jokes. No, this is 2020. Twitter exists. Jokes will fly. All right. So you, you gotta, you gotta win basketball games. Yeah. There's no way around it. So you, you want someone to respect you go out there like Al Davis said to do. I'm going to let you say it because I ain't going to say just, it. Just win, baby. You know you know what the Niners didn't do in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. See, you know? see, see, I was going to make this a, a football-free um, zone. But, I mean, we can get into the specifics of the Gruden contract if you want. We can get into the specifics. My apologies. That, that wasn't called for by me. I, I'm just saying, we, I got the spot spot track in front of me where we can get into Gruden's contract if you want to. I don't need to do that. You know, there's no need to know. Like I said, I apologize. That wasn't called for me to, to bring up that game. You know, my, I, stitches, that was, my stitches haven't healed, you know, from, from, from that scar that I got. My stitches haven't healed, definitely. So, but the Kings had a little transaction. You know, somebody mentioned, uh, you know, the what July 1st typically is, um, you know, in the NBA offseason with the, you know, first day of free agency and everything going crazy. We didn't get that this year. But somebody said the biggest move of this abbreviated NBA offseason was uh, the Kings signing Corey Brewer. They stole the headlines <laughs> signing Corey <laughs> Brewer on, on the uh, the abbreviated free agency period. So Corey well, Brewer is back, man. Yeah, I don't know if they stole him, though, considering <laughs> that the, the Nets needed an entire team. Oh, man. <laughs> Jesus, the Nets. <laughs> they are fielding uh they're fielding uh what's the what's the name of the college? Long Long Island University, Brooklyn. That's who's going instead of the Nets. They're gonna <laughs> ask Common to reprise his role from the movie to play point guard, you know. They you know, they Yeah, they yeah. And that's the Kings first opponent, you know, which means they'll get to see Jamal Crawford now, apparently Michael Beasley. Michael uh, Beasley. And, you know, well, no, they what they got him second. Or is it third? I think they got him third, because it's Spurs, then it's Magic, right? Okay, yeah. Well, Sp- Spurs, it all, Magic, it all runs Nets. together. 
I haven't mm. really looked at a schedule to feel like in so long. It all mm. kind of just runs the. So you know what it is. I'm looking at 3-0, Jason. I'm looking at 3-0. Uh, I don't know what we're looking at because we haven't seen them <laughs> since March. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I would. I know. That's why I'm laughing at the whole notion that, you know, well, like New Orleans has the tough, easiest schedule. Do we really know? We have no idea. We like, have no what if idea they get back like. and, like, I mean, what if the Rockets can't make a three? Mm. I mean, yeah. it's not, it's not, you know, it's not beyond reason that that could happen. And we're talking about an eight game, you know, anything could really happen in that stretch. I know everyone's like, you know, look at the Kings. They're going to get now a depleted Brooklyn. You know, I, I still not convinced San Antonio even wants to be there. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, when you're used to playing for championships, now you're asking to play for a chance to play the Lakers in the first round. No. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I think that, you know, that they could be, you know, Phoenix is the, you know, to me, the team that really that would scare me would be Portland. See, I'm not that worried. I know Nurkic is back and everything, but and I just, for me, it's uh, not even that. It's not even Nurkic for me. It's the fact that if Dame gets. Yeah. That's yeah. the one guy who could get going and carry a team for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and yeah. CJ can. CJ can get a game or two in there like we saw in game seven against the Nuggets last year in the semis where he can just go crazy too. That's always a possibility. I just, I don't know about Portland. I think them, um, like they were like, like Trevor Ariza was a godsend for them because mm-hmm. they had nothing on the wing and now he's not even going to be there. So I don't know what they're going to do for wing offense and defense. Yeah, we're there, you know, just wait and see. Type. I mean, you like I said, I don't know what to expect from this at all. Uh, you know, I've, we've never seen anything like this. I think it's really going to be, a, I think if you look at some of those higher up teams, if you're the Lakers, if you're the Bucks, if you're the Clippers, you're just ramping up for, you know, the next stage. But if you're the Kings, if you're trying to catch Memphis, you got to come in ready to go, ready to go from the jump. Mm-hmm. And I and I still believe Memphis is being disrespected. People want to dis, dis, dismiss what they did. I'm like, well, they were three and a half up. They weren't like half a game up. See, I'm not, I'm not on the Memphis train, man. I, I think they're, I think they're being properly respected, right? Where people are like, well, they are the eighth seed, but nobody's really giving them a chance to win. I'm not giving them a chance to win. I'll tell you that right now. I just, I, I never, kudos to them for playing as well as they did this year. I just never thought they were that good. You know what I'm saying? I, I just. I was just waiting for the collapse to happen, and we probably would have saw it. I think with the, with the, well, we tell. Didn't they come out of the break losing like six to seven? To give the Kings a chance to get into this thing, and like, then they turned around the and beat, was, yeah, yeah, and then they, they turn the around. I don't know what the they turn around and beat the Lakers. So I mean, that's why I always say you never know what's actually going to happen to the game gets played. You yeah. you know, I mean, that same team that couldn't beat the Kings three out of four turn around and beat the Lakers. So it's like a full okay. Lakers squad too. The AD and LeBron were playing that night. Yeah, that boy John Morant can be a problem sometimes. So yeah, this is true. This is true. Um but, you know, so we talk about the Kings signing Corey Brewer. And I like Corey. You know, that's, I like Corey. That's my guy. You know, I have no problem with Corey. But you know who I wanted, Jason. You already know who I wanted to come back. They was going to sign a, an old an, uh, throwback wing player. You know who I wanted, man. And they just, just never going to go down that road again, huh? Well, Alex Caruso is not available. <laughs> So I, I'm, I'm, I don't, I mean, I don't I'm, want I don't want Caruso or his merch. Okay, he can keep that in LA. I, I mean, you, come on. I wanted the play. scores back, man. I wanted the scores back, man. I wanted my man Amon Shumper back, man. 
He said he 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 gave the Google eyes when somebody mentioned on Twitter. I think he was open to it. They should have called him, man. Yeah, they ain't never gonna do that. I just, you know, the, I just, just being around the organization and kind of having a feel. I just think they felt like they got all they were gonna get out of Shump. They got the 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 last few good games out of Shump in their eyes, you know, from the from like October to December of 2018. And then they just and they, there was a feeling that maybe Shump was getting too much credit or taking L. I'm like, whatever, I don't care. But and then, you know, and here's the other thing they thought too is just that you know with Shump being an older guy with the knee issues, they wanted to see more bulky, and they didn't feel like Dave was going to do that. Or you know, with Shump, it was almost like if you didn't want Dave to play Shump the minutes, he yeah, had to get, get rid of Shump. Yeah, and then, you know, force him to play Justin Jackson or whoever the case was. You know, in that case, it ended up being Harrison Barnes eventually. But it was almost like if you gave Dave vets, Dave was going to play the vets. And I really can't blame Dave for that because at the end, whenever you get fired, they're not going to look, they look at your record and say, well, that was your record. So Dave was trying to win games until he wasn't trying to win games. And, And look, to be fair, when you talk about the Kings in the front office, when they're not, their outlook on Shump, if I'm being fair, as much as Chump is my guy, they probably were right. Because by the time they traded him, gameplay-wise, like the way he was playing basketball and his production on the floor, he was leaking oil, right? Like he wasn't yeah. the same Chump that he was in the first month and a half. So, yeah, they're probably right. But I don't know, man. I just, you know, I just like the 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 extra oomph that he gave to that team, man. And um, I, I do believe that it, it affected him for a little bit. Um, when he was traded, I think those guys, you know, held him in reverence to the Aaron's and, you know, the, the, the Harry Giles and the Martin, you know, those young guys, they, 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 they were digging Shump, but, um, you know, it's time for them to be the grown men. You know what I'm saying? And you know, one of, somebody know. better grow like up. Shump. Somebody better grow up in Orlando. But I just knew there was no way they were going down that road ever again. You know, remember character matters and <laughs> they want a certain type of character in that locker room and Shump doesn't fit what it is they're they're looking for. They you know, they want a certain type of personality and I don't think Shump was gonna be that guy for them and then then also just physically, I mean, since he got traded, I mean he really could he really didn't was able to do much in Houston. Yeah. He got a little you know cup of coffee in Brooklyn when they had you know their injury problems earlier in the year. But you know, if if you're looking for a shump to save your season, you know that speaks more to what you got on your team already. Very fair. It's but you know, it's like the the great Tupac Shakur once said, "You need a thug in your life." All right, so I know you want all these characters, but sometimes you need a thug in your life. No, I don't want. I don't want to call Shump a thug. You, but you get what I'm saying. You know. You, yeah, you you. We you can't have choir boys. Yeah, you need somebody with a little edge to them. So, you know, and the thing is with the Kings, it's always been. All their guys with the edge are always at the end of the bench. Like, <laughs> Harry got an edge. Harry's, you know, Harry might not play in Orlando to be, you know, let's be realistic. Mm-hmm. If everyone's healthy, Harry may never see the court. Alex Lynn has an edge, but what is Alex Lynn? Your, your ninth guy? Right. right. You know, at some point, you know, you got to get a guy with an edge who actually plays. Yeah. You know, and maybe it's Rashawn now that he's, you know, he's he's good to go. I mean, Buddy plays with a certain kind of edge, but it's not like a confrontational edge. And I think you got to have at least one of your guys got to be confrontational. Got to be like, you know what? I'll start some shit just for the sake of, you know, you got to have one of those guys. And, you know, it's, you know, 
they don't have. I mean, that guy really. The two guys who there's a Harry and Alex, and I could see a scenario where neither one of them plays in a game. Yeah, especially with Mark I think Rashawn. I think Rashawn has that in him, though. I think he does. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Think, I think I think Rashawn. But you're right. Uh, Harry and Alex are probably at the at the top of that list with those two guys. Um, but uh, also getting back to the guy that got us on this subject, Corey Brewer. What do you expect out of Corey? You think he's just kind of there for uh, depth purposes, or you think he's actually going to get some burn? Spot minutes. I mean, what they wanted, you know, what you get with him is you get an extra wing guy. And the thing is, a wing with some size. I you look back to that. Remember that Miami game where they lost that game late, and on the, on that switch, and you end up with a with a Corey Joseph on a on a big. If you've got another body, you can throw a Corey. You know. I'm not calling Corey Brewer like, you know, like, like he's going to be on the all defensive team. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, just in terms of a body, you look at yeah. their wings, Harrison's about 6'8", then you add Corey at 6'9". After that, who's your next big wing? What, Baze is only about 6'4". Yo, you know, Bogey's listed at 6'6". He's closer to Baze's height. You know, but he's about 6'. You know, you don't, you, you need some length. And then I know I did a thing with uh, NBA TV we were talking about kind of just for the Kings, what would be a dream first round matchup? And that's why I said the Clippers. I said, because the Clippers will play small. Mm. I said, they they play well against the Clippers. Well, the last two times. Yeah. There's a lot. And you know, the last, yeah, especially the the last couple of times I said to me, I didn't like, I don't like a Laker matchup for the Kings. The Lakers are too big. I just think that they're just too, you know, you know, Rashawn's going to give his damnedest, but he's an AD, the seven footer. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, no matter where they play LeBron, they don't have anyone big as LeBron. Nah. And then, you know, LeBron's going to put his shoulder in Harrison's chin again and get a call. Right. Exactly. <laughs> he, he's going to knock Harrison's tooth out and Harrison, <laughs> well, maybe the beard or maybe the beard will buffer that. But, you know, LeBron will just, right. you know, step on Harrison's chest on his way to the rim. And Reaching get, you know, foul on 40. Yeah, Harrison. Harrison tripped him. It's like, well, he tripped him because he stepped on his face and fell. They're like, okay, whatever. You know, stars get calls. So I mean, that's what you. I mean, you need some more size. You need some more length. You know, and then so I think Corey can. You know, he give you. You know, depending on the matchup, ten, twelve minutes, maybe twenty. You know, on a given night, if you're going to use a, because what it is is that they really want to play Harrison a lot at the four. They want to be able to use some small ball lineups where you got Harrison at the four, which which at times probably means Marvin's playing a lot more five. Yeah, you know, and I just and that we can probably touch on that too. Just what you know, what is Marvin right now? Right. We don't know. We don't really know. But you know, they they really they they really wanted to get more into that Harrison in the four bag. But the thing was, depending on who you're playing, you're so small. You know, and that's the reason why. Contavious Caldwell Pope won't have a good. It's like he never had a bad game against the Kings. You know, he's just bigger. <laughs> oh man, I, and you I can't. And you, I don't want to see him in a playoff series. Jesus. Yeah, and, and you can't ask. I mean, you can't ask Corey Joseph to keep defending six foot eight guys. Yeah. I mean, damn it, he does yeah. a hell. He gives a hell of an effort, but I mean, that stretch where he he had LeBron one night, then he had Luca, then he had James Harden. I mean, it's crazy. You know, you got you need some you, you need some more you know some more versatility on that roster. Some you know you need a you know you need your wings to get to play bigger. And I think right. Bogey can play bigger. I don't know if Buddy can. I mean, because Bogey's got like those you know ridiculous wingspan, the smarts. He knows where to be. 
you know, like I, th- I think I asked him about that during the season, you know, why are you playing better defense? He said, because they told me to play better defense. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I mean I was like wow that's kind of, that's quite the indictment why are you playing it better well they asked me to you know so but right. you know you, you just need more guys and they got to be disruptive defensively they got to be in passing line they they got to they got to be hellraisers out there because they're not big right right now um I I, I want to you kind of dipped your toe in the the Marvin Bagley discussion and we're gonna go there for a second but I but before we do that. I got to I got to give a shout out to my partner. I got to give a shout out to my partner, Jason Jones. You know what I'm saying? He, you know, he mentioned a little bit on the slide. I'm going a, I'm to a run it back. I'm going to throw those uh, reggae horns on there. Mo fire, mo fire. <laughs> okay, I see you on NBA TV. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I see you on NBA TV making the moves. You know what I'm saying? Let's. I got to get them reggae horns blowing from my man. Brum, 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 brum. Okay. Well, okay. They didn't. They need the CTC. Then they didn't CTC. So I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm all about the paper. So you know, hey, if they want a CTC, I go in there. Every, you know, every week. <laughs> yeah yeah i see you know i see you don't play but you, you talk about uh marvin bagley him returning marvin talked to the media last week talked to you guys and uh on the zoom and uh said that he's ready to go said he got a chip on his shoulder you know that's what i like to hear you you, you know i've been saying it if i was marvin i i'm i'm looking to put somebody's ass on the ground you know what i'm saying I, i'm pissed off like i i like if i'm marvin the first time somebody comes to the paint I'm laying their asses out because I got so much. I got to get it out of my system real quick because I'm pissed off. If that's how I'm feeling, if I'm Marvin back, because there's just been a lot of chirping going on for the last six months or so, and I'm tired of it. So he said he got a chip on his shoulder. I don't know if he has that type of chip on his shoulder, but he's saying he's feeling good, huh? And 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 you saying that, I don't know, more Marvin at center, Harrison at the four. I I still believe, and maybe I'm. I know I'm in the minority, I still believe that if you're a basketball player, and I believe Rashawn Holmes is, I believe Marvin Bagley is becoming a basketball player, that they can figure out a way to play together. I really do believe that. But a lot of people say, no chance. I, what you think, Jay? I, th- I think they can play together for spurts. They can they can do some things together. But you say more Marvin at the five more than anything, huh? I think it depends on the matchup. And the thing is, Marvin hasn't played hardly at all this season. I mean, and you... No, you know, it's no matter how you slice it, you know, I know he's talented. You got to play. And he just, got, he just got hurt. I mean, you know, but I you know we, the different out, you know, people have really ripped into him about, you know, being injured and what he hasn't shown. I think the probably the biggest knock has been the fact that he's not much of a playmaker right now. I mean, he, you know, in terms, he's not out there getting you a bunch of assists. You know, he's not doing that right now. To me, that that's probably the most legitimate knock. And the thing is, I don't know if he's strong enough to be a center yet, mm-hmm. but is he skilled enough to be a stretch four? Because I know one thing the Kings like is that at the four, if he's in the game, he you know what they don't have a lot of are guys who can go get you a, a good look. Mm-hmm. And the one thing Marvin will do is go get you a bucket. Right. You know, I think that's the one thing we know he can he can figure out how to get to the, get around the rim and score. They want him to be, you know, a stretch guy eventually. We don't have enough, you know, film of this year to really see if he was becoming that. And, and really, him and Rashawn didn't get to play together that much. Right. You know, right. because he got he got no, he got hurt the first game of the season. And at that point, it was Dwayne Detman at center and Rashawn's coming off the bench, you know, battling Harry Giles for minutes. It's not, was the plan. Rashawn was supposed to be a starter. Right. 
Yeah. And the one time, the one time I remember them playing, and I'm sure, you know, people can fact check this or whatever. And I, it had to have been more than one game. But the only time I remember was in Indiana. I remember they played together for a stretch and it had its ups and downs. Like they, like they got super active on the boards and like defensively on on a you know protecting the glass. They got super active, but the floor spacing was non-existent. And that's yeah, what I, yeah. And I think to, and so. why, yeah. And then the other thing too was that defensively, well, all teams were going to do was just put Marvin in action, get him mm-hmm. away from the rim, make him uncomfortable. Make you know what was that game? Was it Memphis where it was like Marvin get out there, Marvin get out there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Marvin get out there, Marvin get, he's going to shoot a three, <laughs> Marvin get out there. And the thing is, he's only going to get that with reps. Yeah. Yeah. He's only going to get that with reps. And I don't, I just don't think this scenario is, is, can be about getting Marvin Bagley reps. Mm. You know, hit the ground running, man. Yeah. If he's not ready to go, he just don't play. And I don't, you know, and I think during his media time, Marvin might have said it felt like 30 times control what I control, control what I can control, which is true. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a tough spot to come back in, you know. There is no time to ease him in. Like if if you put him out there for three minutes and he looks horrible, they're gonna yank him. And mm-hmm. I what I what I just hope is that Marvin sees the big picture and doesn't take it personally. Right. It's just that hey, you know, we got eight games to try to get in. We ain't got time to worry about getting you your twenty five to thirty minutes. Right. You know, if you if your fifteen minutes come backing up Rashawn right now, get your fifteen minutes that way. You got yo, know, and then you 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 live with the consequences. And, and, I, and I feel like I feel I feel like Marvin, um, if he's looking at this the right way, is like you said, look at the bigger picture and use that time not to be like, OK, let me find my spots in the offense. Let me get off or whatever the case may be. Hey, man, use this time in Orlando when you play to literally go out there and be Marcus Camby in 99 or be Kenneth Fareed, like just be all over the place setting screens on the boards, putbacks, running the floor, things of that nature. And then you'll worry about being incorporated into the offense next training camp, right? But right now, just use your God-given abilities, you know what I mean, running, jumping, um, just being active, being long. Use those things to your advantage and rely on those things. You know what I'm saying? If things come to you from that, like you start playing well and they start looking for you in the offense and you got some ISO opportunities, cool. But don't rely on that first. Rely on your high motor, your athletic ability, and the things that you can do under your control. You know what I'm saying? Crashing the yeah. board, things of that nature. Rely on that and let those other chips fall where they may. And yeah, I just and hope that's yeah. kind of the mentality he has coming in. And I know one of the things when, when he came back from the injury, which wasn't why he was playing center, was because they felt that was an easier spot in the offense for him to learn. Just, mm-hmm. you know, let's, let's, instead of giving him more, let's simplify it. You play backup five right now. And I know Marvin does not want to be a backup, but, you know, he had missed a ton of time. And then when he finally got back in the starting line, he got hurt again. So I I, I still, you know, because if you look at the things that the Kings asked Nemanja to do, I mean, Nemanja's out there facilitating, you know, hitting threes. I don't think Marvin's, that, that's Marvin's game. You no, know, it could be one day, but right now that's not Marvin. You know, Marvin right. wasn't a point guard growing up like Nemanja was. Right. Ma- Marvin doesn't have the chemistry with Bogey that, that Nemanja does from, you know, playing and, you know, over, you know, for the national team. And then over the last couple of seasons, building that up. It's because Marvin hasn't been on the floor. Right. 
Yeah. So we'll see. They got their first scrimmage. I don't think these are going to be televised at all, but their first scrimmage is Saturday or Friday. I can't remember. Oh, their first practice is Friday. They first practice, practice is Friday. Scrimmages are next week, right? Yeah, practice is yeah, Friday and Saturday. Those are the ones that have been released. So they're going to they're going to have some media time after practice. So we'll all be I'll be in front of the computer. J Street, J Street Vibes is going to be represented, and that and the place up north. All right, you know, because I still don't know what we can say, so I'm gonna just say the place up north will also be represented as well. Yeah. Um, one thing that I, I I had in our rundown, Jason, that was kind of a I want to say a trick question, but I asked you, I said I wanted to bring up whether or not this whole pandemic would make Vivek eventually sell the team. Now, this is, like I said, this is a trick question almost, right? Because number one, I 100% do not think Vivek will sell the team. I don't think he wants to sell the team. And let's be perfectly clear. And this is a shot at at your boys again here, Jason. I'm sorry, I got to do it. But Vivek is not Mark Davis. Vivek's money is long, okay? Vivek has, his bank account is doing just fine, right? But- I bring this up because I was listening to a podcast and, uh, and, and and Shams was on there and he was talking about how this whole pandemic has been hard on the owners. Nobody wants to hear that because they're like billionaires, but they're still losing like millions of dollars. And one of the examples he had was the Kings and Golden One Center being such a revenue thing for them, you know, not only in the NBA, but just in general, like having the Globetrotters there or Disney on ice or concerts, like all this, and they're getting nothing. And I, I could be wrong, but I want to hear, like, I want to say they might've been projected to possibly because of this, this year, lose like $20 million just based off of everything being shut down and not being have being able, being able to have anything in there. And what he also brought up was there's been memos sent out to the NBA to, to everybody within the NBA of, be prepared that there may not be fans in the in the stands all next year as well. So I, I kind of brought that kind of got me thinking because he used the Kings as an example in Golden One Center. How much could and I guess we might not know, but how much could Vivek like how how long could he write this out the way things are right now? Like if this thing went two years, would Vivek be like, you know, I I've had enough. I can't lose another $50 million in a year and look to, is this a realistic thing for any of these NBA owners? Have you heard anything about that? I don't think it's a, at least for Zach, I don't think it is. I mean, shoot, the Kings should have applied for one of them loans. Hell, the Lakers (laughs) gave their money back, but you know, the Lakers are kind of, you know, you know, you know, I think the, the Lakers are a team, you know, maybe similar to the Kings in the sense that, their owner is, you know, the vet's got money, but he's not Tillman Fertitta. You know, he's not sitting on, right. you know, you know, whatever he said. He's not Dolan that's sitting on billions. Right. You know, right. and the Kings aren't valued like, it. you know, no two, three billion dollars. You know, he's not, he's not Steve Ballmer who is like, you know what? I want to build an arena. I'm going to go ahead and just buy the form. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and just, I'm going to buy it not to use it. Right, but he's not buying Memorial yeah. Auditorium. <laughs> yeah, he's not. He dropping. probably could, but he's not doing that. Steve Ballmer dropped four hundred million in a pandemic, <laughs> like it was nothing. Didn't think twice. Didn't think no, twice. Four hundred million, no problem. I got, I, I got you. You know, that's so it. I think, he's like, that's it. <laughs> 
Are you sure so they don't want more? Yeah. <laughs> I don't I think, you know, the league is gonna, you know, definitely try to make sure that things are taken care of for everybody, which is part of the reason why they're playing these games. They're trying to get that T V money. You're trying to help everyone as much as you can so that people aren't going, you know, you don't have owners if you can help it in dire situations. That's why they needed to get they, they gotta get these games and they gotta get that T V revenue money. Yeah. And and you're gonna you're gonna need it if you're not gonna have ticket sales. Right. Right. I, I guess I just when he brought that up, it was kind of um, it's kind of, I don't want to say alarming, but it just stuck out that, you know, the deal that they had for all this, you know, Golden One, Doco, all this r- relies heavily on that arena being filled up 250 nights out of the year. You know what I'm saying? And like yeah. having events there and the fact that you could possibly I mean, preparing for the worst means you could go another 12 months without being able to use that that's you know that arena for anything let alone the nba man you know I, it's easy for us to be like you know what's another 30 million for vac and that i i feel that way but i don't know i i and i say all this hoping that it never comes to that because i'm not as um hard on vivek as a lot of other people are i think vivek is getting better at the whole NBA thing, you know, as far as like building the franchise and I think he's making baby steps and getting better, but I think he's great for the city. Like for the city, I think he's great. And um yeah, I would I would never want to see Vivek have to sell the team. I think that'd be terrible. Yeah, and I you know, I don't think we're anywhere near that, you know, but it it this thing is taking a toll on the owners. <laughs> it's gotta be, you know, mm-hmm. you 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 know, you lost all those games. You know, you lose the, you know, you know, concession. There's a lot of money to be made when you have that arena open. Like you said, not just the games, but all the concerts and the events and just everything that keeps, you know, parking, all that stuff you lose out on right now. But right. I think, you know, the, it, it benefits the NBA to have Vivek as an owner. You know, I think it does. It does good. It, you know, he's definitely in line with the league's message. You know, in right. terms of social, ju- you know, so I think it does look really good to have a vec around. I know he got made fun of and clowned and especially early on, you know, hiring coaches before you hire a GM, all that stuff. But four on five. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, hey, you live that and was, you learn, I, think, I still think that was out of context, too. But they definitely Jazz got them band. jokes off on the four or five. Jazz band. Yeah, everyone got them off. But you know what? <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Like I said, until the Kings, you know. If the Kings were a good team, he'd just be a um, eclectic owner. <laughs> yeah, he'd be yeah. A, you know, and you know, and all my dealings with him, I you know, I like the guy. You know, I don't want to see him fail. You know, and I would love to cover a playoff series one day. So, if if the Kings do well, if the Kings do well, we all do well. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent, man. So, like I said, the Kings they uh, they're going to be. Uh, practicing this week, like Jason said, and then um, they'll be having their scrimmages next week. Now, every time that we meet on the J Street uh, Vibes podcast, um, it's going to be Kings. Don't get it twisted. That's that's what we're here. That's that's the the, the foundation. Everything, but we we like to step outside every now and then, right? You know, whether it's somewhere else in sports, whether it's in the in the culture. You know, what I'm saying I said this year when people or this week when people were talking about Tom Hanks versus Denzel, that was a case of um, being familiar with pop culture or the culture, right? And I, I think J Street Vibes is in the culture, so that's the kind of stuff that you'll get here. But there was one thing that I wanted to ask you because we had. Um, Last week, um, McCore Maker, 
He chose Howard over UCLA, Kentucky, and Memphis, to name a few. He's like a top 15, top 20 high school prospect. He's going to an HBCU, something that if you listen to Casey's Corner, I've been saying definitely needs to be the focus for like the last month or so. I've been saying like these these guys need to be doing that. And he did it, right? So it kind of got me thinking. I had a great time. I had a great time at Cal State East Bay. I loved it. Love Hayward. Love the Bay Area. Had a great time. Jason, I'm sure you had a great time up in Berkeley at Cal Berkeley. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal, right? There is a big part of me that kind of wishes I could go back to 18 years old and go to an HBCU. I look at some of the things that go on on some of these HBCU campuses and it's like, that looks like a lot of fun. That looks like a hell of a good time. And uh, they still go back to their homecomings, right? Like, mm-hmm. you could be 40 and go to the homecoming. I'm not going to Cal State East Bay's homecoming, right? You know what I'm saying? It's a it's a lifelong experience, it seems like, at HBCU. So I got to ask you, do you have those same type of regrets? Not that you had any problem with being at Cal Berkeley, but, like, another part of you which is like, man, maybe I would have been dope to go on HBCU. Uh, not, I mean, you think about it sometimes, but for me, I just, I'm a California kid. I wanted to go to school in California. I just, I just did not, I, you know, I wanted to go to, I wanted to go to, I want, I didn't want to leave California. Did you so, have anybody I mean, suggesting you go to HBCU? No, not really. I mean, the only HBCUs I really knew about were Grambling, where oddly enough, my girlfriend, uh, the graduate of Grambling, you know, I knew, I heard, you know, I heard of Grambling, mm-hmm. heard of, you know, you, you heard of, uh, heard of Howard. Mm-hmm. And because of Grambling, I heard of Southern, but I didn't really know a lot about HBCUs. And just for me, when I did talk about them, people, when I was in high school, everyone kind of agreed I was a California guy and I needed to stay in California. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing looking back, but, you know, I, that was just me. I didn't, I didn't really want to leave California. Yeah. And I didn't, you know, at that point, my mom had had some health issues and I didn't want to be all the way in Georgia if something happened at home. So for me, it was, it was, that was a big part of it. And then when I got to Cal back then we had this thing, it was like the African-American themed floor, or we call it the, the Afro floor. So <laughs> the Afro it was like, a, floor. yeah, yeah. It was, so it was like, I forgot. So it was all black folks on this floor. We had little programs that went along with it. It wasn't, I'm not trying to, before people try to jump on me, I'm not saying it was like an HBCU calm the hell down, but it was like, you know, it was like dear white people. Yeah. But yeah. But we had our, we had our own little community. You know, I clashed with some people at points because I, just, I was, you know, 17, 18 with a very large chip on my shoulder at that point. So, so, you know, but we had our own little community and you know the Berkeley experience, you know, there were some things you probably get there that you don't get anywhere else. Period. Right. So yeah. I wouldn't change that at all, you know, and got a lot of friends from HBCUs and we joke, you know, they joke, we joke about different things about, you know, the fact that our homecoming, my homecoming sucks compared to their, you know, remind <laughs> me of that. And I'm like, you know, no, was it 2015 Cal played Grambling and everyone reminded us we came here to see the Grambling band Cal. I'm like, first off, the Cal band doesn't suck. It's just not the <laughs> Grambling band. So leave us alone. But, you know, there's things like that, you know, you miss it. You, you hear the stories, but, hey, everyone can't go there. And I think, no, that just wasn't my journey. Yeah. No, and I think there's something to um, being in California, being born and raised in California in 
the idea of going back over there. Like you, I really had nobody saying like, look into the HBCUs, right? Like I, that wasn't my thing. I was trying to play basketball too. So I was like, okay, um, I'm not going to Michigan right now. Cool. Let me go do my two years. And then I'm going to go to Duke after my two, you know, like that. that's what I was thinking. You know, I wasn't even thinking about, you know, the college experience. It was all about hoop. Right. And um, yeah, that, it was, you know, there's, it's hit or miss with California kids going to the South for an HBCU experience, right? Some will have like great experiences. I think the majority of them have great experiences, have a great time. They love it. They almost like don't come back, right? They stay in Georgia or they stay in DC, you know what I'm saying? Or something like that. And then there's a a, a pocket of kids that uh, go back there from California and they're like, I'm out of here after this semester. <laughs> like, this is not for me. I'm in the woods. I'm in the middle. No, like I need some street lights. I need some tall buildings. This is not for me. And, you know, it's kind of hit or miss. But I like like you. I really enjoyed my college experience. What, you know, the Bay Area was phenomenal. I loved it. Um, but there is a little part of me, man. It's like, man, Howard, you know, man, I don't know if I'd want to go like to Alabama A&M. You know what I'm saying? But Morehouse, right down there, downtown Atlanta, or if I went to Howard, I'm in the D.C. area, even Morgan State, you know what I'm saying? If I'm close to Baltimore or something like, mm, I could see 18-year-old Kenny having a having a good time, having a real good time at HBCU. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely, because I could see that, you know, and I've heard, I told me, I've heard every story about how great it is and. You know, like I said, and when I was actually, like I said, when people did talk to me, they all just kind of like, just based on my family situation, they didn't think me going that far away from Southern California would be good for me, man. Yeah. Just because they thought I'd be so stressed out by being so far away, even right. though I would have had a ton of fun. Yeah, the, look, Jason, at 18 years old, I wasn't, I wasn't ready. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't ready to leave. I, I was raised by my mom and my mom only. I, at 18 years old, my, if I was forced into the situation, I'm sure I would have adapted or whatever, but I don't think I was ready at 18 to go across the country. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. maybe after two years of junior college, like, yeah, I could have probably gone anywhere in the country. I was ready, but at 18 years old, nah, I probably, it was probably best that I, you know, stayed and, and did, did what I did. You know what I'm saying? At the time, yeah. I was, so. se- I was 17 and I was, yeah, I did not need. Me going six hours north was enough for me at 17. I couldn't imagine, you know, I would have, you know, and a lot of folks I know who went to HBCUs came back to California like, man, I'm going to live in the South. But like now my niece goes to a Mississippi Valley State and she loves it out there. She really? wanted no, she wanted no part of being in California. All her, her main complaint is that it's so, it's just so country compared to California. Mm. You know, but it's for some people, it's not for everyone. And I just think what I, one thing I don't like what I see sometimes is there's you, you got your uh, PWI grads who try mm-hmm. to denigrate the education from the HBCUs. Mm-hmm. And then conversely, yeah. you got your HBCU people who try to tell mm-hmm. you that somehow you're not as black as they are because you didn't go to an HBCU. Yeah. And, you know, so I don't like seeing that either way. And then I don't like, you know, then it gets personal. And you remind some people that I was black. I didn't have to go to, to school. In, in Alabama to prove I was black. I'm going to go, you know, so people get, <laughs> it gets, it, it, it gets ugly. I've seen some very heated arguments and like I said, my girl went to Grambling and so she says she doesn't have an issue to someone tries to tell her her education isn't valid because 
she went to an HBCU, which I mean, it's, yeah, it's like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, but I, I mean, I've heard these are maybe it's pandemic talk. People are bored, but I've heard that. I mean, even with Chris Paul trying to raise money for HBCUs, if you if you use social media as a guy, people saying, why is he giving money? He went to Wake Forest. Do you want the check or not? <laughs> are you going to turn to? Are you going to turn down Chris Paul's money? That he's raising because he went to Wake Forest. Really, that's what right. we're doing. This is yeah. what we're really doing. No, no, we people get too damn like, righteous out here, man. Yeah, I'm like, come on, y'all. This is getting ridiculous. And then you know, and then you get the other thing. Dr. Dre grew up, you know, in Compton, was lived near USC. They create something at USC. You should get to an HBCU. <laughs> it's like, well, damn, you know, it ain't like Dre went to college. He ain't got no right. align, no allegiance to anyone, or you know. And then you know, he's Shaq not alumni to, anywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's like you should get the, you should get that money to Alcorn State. You know, maybe maybe Dre ain't got no connections in Mississippi. I mean, right. it, it go you know it goes both ways. But even with this uh, recruit uh, maker uh, committing there, like I said I hate to be Mister Mister Downer, Mister Cynical, but with this whole G League situation the NBA has. I just hope we don't see guys like that committing to HBCUs, getting the attention to the HBCUs. And then we see them on the G League select team anyway. They never actually go. That's my only fear with this. I think it's great. I love seeing guys give the HBCUs serious consideration and that, you know, and commitments. But I just don't want to see guys who have no intention of ever going to college using, using HBCUs to kind of just chase clout and commit. Like, yeah, look at me. Yeah. I'm going, you know. I'm going, you know, I, I committed to Jackson State. I committed to Howard. I committed to, you know, Morehouse. And no, they have no damn plan of ever going there. Right. They right. but they went but they went on a trip to go visit so they can, you know, get the party on. And, you know, that's what I don't want to see happen with those schools. So I uh, salute to this man, you know, you know, hope he goes through with it if it's if, if it's the right thing for him to do. I just don't want to see HBCUs get used, you know, for guys who want to quote look woke. And be like, mm-hmm. look at me. And like, you know, and damn well, whether you committed to Howard or you committed to Clemson or you committed to Duke, you had no plan on going to college. I just, that's right. what I don't want to see them do. No, that's facts, man. I, I agree with you, man. So salute to him, man. I'm going to take I'm going to take everything, you know, at face value and, and and say that's what it is right now. And he'll he'll be there and he'll play. And I hope that's the case. And, you know, hopefully uh it happens because I want to see what it looks like. You know what I'm saying? To see a player yeah. of that caliber. I mean, before, you know, the current college basketball format, you know, I, you know, that was how it used to be. Uh, who, didn't the Earl of the Pearl Monroe go to uh, Winston-Salem or something like that? Where, yeah. Didn't he go to? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I believe so, yeah. So, so and that yeah, was also at a time a lot. a lot of our, a, a lot of us couldn't go to those other schools either, you know. <laughs> right. So right. the HBCUs, so, it'll be cool they were to able see to, that thri- stuff they were able to thrive, you know, you know, uh, yeah. I know your, your favorite owner, you know, Al Davis used to recruit <laughs> the HBCUs religiously, for, you know, Art Shell HBCU guy, you know, Willie Brown, Graham, you know, so. Hey, the, Al you know, was an the, ally, bro. Al was yeah, an ally. Al, yeah, Al was an ally for real. Yeah. 100% man so we uh you know we got no time restraints now on the J Street uh vibes podcast no more so you know we we went a, we went long but you know 
we're not gonna Joe button you, but we're gonna give y'all some time with us. You know what I'm saying? We, so. we ain't gonna hit him with three and a half hours. <laughs> Joe, but Joe, the other, I think it was like two or three episodes ago. I saw like 315 on there. I was like, oh man, Joe. <laughs> Come on, man. That's a hell of a commitment right there, brother. Jesus. Yeah, so, I mean, I've yeah. I use Joe to drive from the bay to Bakersfield. I'm like, I've only got 10 minutes to go on the drive, and Joe got me the whole way. <laughs> But it's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. So yeah, lock, lock in uh, J Street vibes right next to your uh, favorites that you have for the rest of your podcast, man. And we gonna we gonna be here. Um, still working out the schedule. We're definitely gonna be here once a week, maybe two times a week. You know, we we working it out, but we definitely gonna be here for you weekly. And uh, basketball is coming, uh, Jason. Basketball. We're gonna have basketball to talk about pretty soon, man. Yeah, in a couple of weeks. You know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what to make of it, but hey, we're gonna something. Something's gonna be out there. It may not be pretty, you know. What did George Carl say? He said he, he is, it's probably gonna be unlike anything we've ever seen, but yeah. it will be basketball. So I'll take it. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Jay, have a good rest of the week, man. All right, wear your mask. Make sure of it's course. not the Dodger one, and okay. you know. You know, do, do well. Do I get I get do. love. I get love for the Kobe mask. People see the Kobe mask. They get, I get hey, problems. I, I Always. Get love for, I get love for the Kobe mask, you know. Always, I need to, always. You know, but yeah, I will, I'll be sure to wear the Dodger mask um, all Yuck. week for you. Yeah, quarantine that mask. I'm going to wear that mask <laughs> and go find me an Alice Caruso shirt. <laughs> the, the Caruso merch. I'm never going to get over that. I'm going I'm to be on the next King's Media Zoom with the Caruso. Don't do, no. Caruso. Don't do it. I'm reporting you for spam. I'm saying it right Car- now. Carusoed out. Like, who needs Avery Bradley? Caruso time. The Caruso. The Alex Caruso. Hey, look, man, I'm going to tell you right now, if you do that, I'm calling the number that T.I. gave to uh, gave us to call, and I'm calling you. <laughs> why, did T.I., why did T.I. go at the pettiest man in the world? Why did he do that? Oh, T.I. He got, he got tip, giving out the tip hotline number. Yeah, you got, oh, and we know Tip probably had to do that as part of some probation deal or yeah, something. Yeah, but that was still, part of the deal, man. You know, you got to go. And 50 found it. Somehow yeah. 50 found it. He was like, he said, this is going to be my first song on the versus battle. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, 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 this man, this man, this man is beyond. He's, he's like, <laughs> and I respect it because, you know, I'm, you know, it, it's great. It's great for those social media fodder. But yeah, tip, this is, yeah, yeah you may, if you, if you don't want to go back and forth with this guy. That's yeah. That's the number I'm calling if you if you wear that Caruso merch on the Zoom. I would call. never disrespect the Kings like that. I would never do. I only joke. I would never do the Kings like that. I would never do that. Maybe I'll wear my L.A. Kings jersey. I wear I'll wear some Kings. I wear some L.A. Kings. We ain't got love for them. Oh, I do. <laughs> they got two Stanley Cups. How many of the Sharks got? One day I'm gonna tell you about my uh, story of being in the J.W. Marriott the night they clinched the second Stanley Cup. I think. I was in the bar in the JW Marriott. That'll be story time one time. It was a crazy story. It was a crazy story. But we'll we'll get into that another day, man. So, Jason, I'm going to holler at you, big dog. All right. Y'all be safe out there. Wear your mask. Uh, Kenny Caraway. Jason Jones. Don't wear a Giants mask. It's not Halloween. Come on, man. Champions, baby. Champions. A long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll let y'all, man. Y'all be good. All right.